It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of blindandroidusers.com. Kick back, relax, and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys and gals as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello, and welcome to episode 116 of the Blind Android Users podcast. We're recording today on February 25th, 2023. I'm Warren Carr alongside with my great hosts, I got John Dyer in Virginia, Doug Cameron in Canada, Austin Pinto in India. We got Fidan in London and our friend from our Turkish sister side, and that's Sally Kandas from Turkey. We're glad that Sally is here with us again today. And for our special guest, we have Hima Nitarajan, who's joining us from Bookshare, something we've been wanting to talk about for quite a while now. Coming up in this episode, we got the normal announcements, and Austin will be bringing those announcements along. And then in our spotlight segment, we're talking with him on the charge, and as I said, and then thereafter, we have the app of the week. This is then followed by the talkback highlights. And today, closing the episode, John brings us another tip of the week, and this has to do with the Samsung fingerprint reader where you can use different fingers to assign it to apps or whatever routines you would like. And that would be what we close today's episode with. Guys, welcome to episode 116. Cam, let's begin with you, my man. What's going on there? Not a whole lot. Just dealing with a massive weather shift right now. So we're going from stupid cold to, well, still cold, but a lot warmer. And yeah, it's just pretty chill, getting stuff done, keeping busy. The pretty one in London, Fidan. What's going on, my dear? Hello. Um, yeah, the, the weather here is uh, not as cold as Canada, but it is a bit cold. We've had some lovely sunshine, though, which is always welcome and cheers people up. Um I've been busy studying with my um, preacher training church stuff. And um, yeah, that's that's what's going on uh, here in, in London at the moment. In, in Wales, which is also part of the UK, they had an, an earthquake last night, but we, we didn't feel it here. I don't think any, there's been any particular significant damage. It's more of a oh did that just you know happen sort of thing i don't think anyone's been put badly injured or anything so as far as i've heard um so which is good news but it sounds like it was probably a little bit scary for for people that somebody said they thought that um someone had driven into the front door of their house or something but it wasn't it was the earthquake so yeah they they definitely felt it but it wasn't nothing like the one in Turkey and Syria. Thank goodness. Thank God for that. Austin Pinto, what's going on? Nothing much is going on. The weather can't make up its mind. It's getting hot sometimes in Mumbai. Sometimes one day it's getting cold. One day it's getting so cloudy. It's looking like it's going to rain. So other than that, nothing much is going on. And that's causing some people to get sick, fever and flu and all that. But other than that, nothing is going on. Sally, my man, what's going on, bro? 
you know, the weather is here. It's really sunny. Like, we got 20 degrees today. And, yeah, it's a great Saturday here. And it's great to be here with you guys. John, is it barbecue time there in Virginia land? It was earlier this week. It got up to 85. And I was a little bit sad because I actually enjoy the winter, believe it or not. But it's back down to, like, 50 today. So I'm <laughs> I'm happy again. Another bipolar uh, weather, like you said last week. <laughs> yes, exactly. Up and down. Yeah, and it, John, I have to we, go can up. We swap? Can we swap? John, can we swap weathers? Can I have <laughs> sure. your sunshine and can you have my annoying, our annoying it, cold weather? If we could, I would love to. Yeah, because I, I don't like it. I like the sunshine. Well, it's brilliant out here. The sun is out there, but it's like 11 degrees, but it's absolutely beautiful uh, sunshine and, you know, not a cloud. So I hope we're going to be getting up to like, I think they say 30 degrees. So what a change. Uh, (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. We now move on to the announcement segment and Austin standing by. So this week we have a small gift for the podcast uh, listeners using LinkedIn and who are in the US. Accessibility User Research Collective in conjunction with the Shepherd Foundation of Atlanta is having a survey for the LinkedIn mobile app. The people those who use LinkedIn with the mobile app. So you have to fill a form, then you have to do an online interview. And you will get $60. I think the survey should take approximately 70 to 75 minutes. We will have more uh, information about this survey. So what we are going to do from now on is we are going to have an announcements link in our website. And once you click on that link, we will uh, give you the most important announcement of that week if there is any. Another announcement that we have is a formal partnership with blind and red users and our Turkey site. So Saleh from Turkey, you could an- announce this in Turkish and English so that both our Turkish and list- uh, English listeners can understand. So let me go brief for the Turkish and I'll, I'll explain the things in English. Herkese iyi akşamlar. Erişilebilirandroid.com olarak Blind Android users ile birlikte bir partnerlik yapmaya karar verdik. Birlikte Çalışmaya karar verdik. Türkçe içerikleri işlebilirandroid.com'da, İngilizce içeriklerde blindandroidusers.com'da olacak. Accessibleandroid.org sitesinden İngilizce içerikle ulaşabileceksiniz. So what I said is that we are partnering with blind Android users as erişilebilirandroid.com, that access, accessibleandroid.com. Uh, during the week, I was emailing to Pete Tarkington, thanks to him, access, like, um, he gave me the domain, the accessibleandroid.org. So special thanks going to him. And we are now moving on, translating the contents that we have in our website, uh, the how the tricks, tip and tricks, and announcement, all those stuff. Uh, the things are slowly moving up in English, and soon we will be uh, getting ready and launching the complete website in English. And we are super excited for that. So what's also required is that we have to update the app of the Turkish website with the English content and with blind Android users, podcast tab and all those things. So upgrading the app takes $20. So if our listeners 
would like to donate they could even they could uh, donate it to the paypal link mentioned in the show notes or the youtube uh, video description or the buy me a coffee link mentioned in the show notes or youtube or even the english side of uh, accessibleandroid.org has a donation link so you could donate it there and all the funds that uh, will come will go to upgrading the app so what's going on here is that we when we have this merger going on guys the whole thing is to benefit the listener and readers because there are some of you that would rather read things as to listening to it and so this app will provide you both written content and uh, audio content so if you prefer to read tutorials and things like that you could read that and if you prefer listening to the audio then this app will also have our podcast integrated into it. So it's a win-win situation here for everybody. And I'm so excited about this partnership with our sister side there in Turkey. And let me add that, you know, we currently have over 300 written content. Imagine that that's getting translated into English. That's a massive source for all those Android users all over the world. And we're also trying to work on a forum where everyone can Uh, share their opinions right uh, you can also use the blend android users mailing list and you will be also able to uh, use the forum on our website in english of course for those listeners who don't know pete talkington was the co-host of our podcast back in the starting episode 13 to episode 16 or 17 onwards he had to leave due to some personal reasons but uh, he's all every time contributed to the podcast whenever we required him for any reason so a big thanks to him from the podcast itself a big shout out to Pete and Pete you are doing good thank you so much my man and now we turning on to the spotlight segment and we have our friend humanitarian from Berkshire Hima, what's going on in Northern California? We understand that even Southern California has some snow, and this is not something that happens often. But I know that coming from Northern California, where you are, you guys do get snow there. How is it going on there with you guys? And before we talk about the new Bookshare Reader. Yeah, it's uh, the weather here has been crazy this week. Um, very strange for this time of the year. Um, thankfully, we've not had snow yet here in the Bay Area where I live in Palo Alto. But uh, you are right. I think there is snow and blizzard warning in Southern California. And I think it's, uh, it's happening after 100 years or so. So, yeah, it's a strange week for us. They are getting a little dose of what some of us live with year in, year out. So, uh, guys, drive carefully out there in Southern California. All right, Hima, let's talk about Bookshare. And thank you so much for taking your time to join us today. And we're talking about the Bookshare readers, something we've been waiting for, because I think it was last year we heard rumors about it coming, and then it was going to be coming in the summer, and summer came and went, and we were kind of getting a little bit edgy because uh, nothing happened. And here we are today talking about the new Bookshare reader. Let's do a little bit of history here, Hima, if you don't mind. I know prior to to this one we had one called the go read and thank you guys for making that free to those of us 
who are on Android. And actually, I think this one, though, uh, came to both at the same time, isn't it? I'm talking about the new uh, Bookshare Reader. Take us back to that history. What led you guys to developing a new Bookshare app instead of the Girl Read that uh, wasn't all that good? Yes, absolutely, Warren. Uh, and again, thanks for having me here on this podcast and uh, giving us, um, you know, the Bookshare team, the Reader team, uh, an opportunity to talk about the new Reader. Um, if we want to talk about history, yeah, you're right. Uh, so we had, I think, our first app for the Bookshare um, uh, Reader was uh, what we called uh, Read to Go, which was launched in iOS. Um, I like to say and then and then we had it as go read you guys were telling me come on boy go read uh so we had go read on android that's right yeah so after (laughs) ios it was uh our first android app app was go read and um like you said it was free and uh, we still have users using go read so um in the last two years i think if you um have been using Bookshare, you would notice that we've also launched um, uh, a new web reader and then a new um, smart speaker reader, so um, a Bookshare reader on Alexa. So our goal was to kind of um, simplify the user experience for our Bookshare users by providing a similar experience in all our uh, reading platforms, whether it's the web platform or mobile platform or smart speaker platform. So that's how this idea for a new Bookshare reader suite came about. And um, uh, in terms of uh, the user experience itself, if you um, if you do use the Bookshare.org website, you would see that uh, the new mobile reader has similar experience in terms of like the UI elements and um, you know, the, the way you can access the EPUB books um, on uh, web versus mobile, they are, they are similar. So you don't, you know, you don't, you're, you don't have to learn uh, new behavior in different platforms. So um, th- that is one of the main reasons why we, even though we have GoRead, um, we launched this new Bookshare Reader. Um, and the main difference uh, between GoRead and Bookshare Reader, I would say, is um, the new Bookshare Reader um, mainly focus on EPUB, like eBooks. So uh, the readers can read EPUB uh, books that are available in EPUB format. Uh, so that those are the only books they will um, they will be able to access through our new Bookshare Reader on both Android and iOS. Like you said, we have launched um, in both the platforms at the same time, and um, uh, yeah, so I'm hoping that um, you know we we we are already hearing from our Android users on what they like and what they would like to see uh, being improved and what are the new features they like. So um, you know we we we enjoy hearing back from our users and we want to you know through this podcast um, you know as we reach more. Um, Android Bookshare users, I want to also encourage uh, people to uh, both uh, tell us what you like and what you think has to be improved and, you know, any other uh, features that you would like to see on the reader because, you know, this is, we just launched it 
and we have a, a plan to bring in a lot of new features. So, I have a question. Some of our listeners may never have heard of Bookshare or really have used it or know what it is. Um, could you explain that, please? Sure, yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, let me talk about Benetech first. Then, uh, Benetech is the uh, the nonprofit company that has uh, launched the Bookshare service. Uh, so Benetech's mission is to build software for social good. Um, and, you know, like I said, the main service that uh, we have built is Bookshare. And uh, through Bookshare, Bookshare is like the largest, I think, if I'm saying that right, uh, the largest collection of um, accessible books available for users uh, within US and outside US. So we have, I think over a million titles in like five different formats uh, that are uh, very friendly to um, users with different needs, like users who have visual impairment or, um, you know, uh, for example, ma many of our users are like students in K-12 and higher, higher ed institutions um, and uh, you know they uh, you they and for the US schools and uh, students within US um, bookshare is available for free through their schools so uh, if anybody has a print disability which is either visual impairment or mobility impairment or uh, cognitive impairment like dyslexia that um, that doesn't let them uh, you know, read like a typical print material uh, where they need accessible uh, books. Uh, they can reach out to their uh, special teachers or to their schools uh, and get this membership. And, um, you know, once you become a Bookshare member, you have access uh, to all these, um, you know, the millions of titles that are available. Uh, though uh, for students, um, you know, we let the teachers decide what books they, um, there are different kinds of memberships that you can get and uh, based on that membership, like decide, um, it kind of determines what books you can read and how you can access different books. Um, but that's um, that's fundamentally what Bookshare is doing within US and outside of US. It's a great service um, for not only students, but also adults who have these impairments and who want to, um, who want access to these books. And we always get the newest and the latest uh, books from various publishers. We have a lot of um, uh, part great partnerships with the, um, you know, the mainstream publishers within US and outside US. So um, yeah, thanks for asking that, Fiona. I think it was good to get that information to the users. Are they mainly study books that you provide? Uh, no, there are uh, actually it's uh, it's it's a it's a huge collection of both uh, textbooks and also a lot of just mainstream like novels and you know other kinds of nonfiction fiction all kinds of uh, all genres of books. So um, and we do get the latest ones too. So anything, for example, like we have the New York Times bestsellers, um, you know. So. Uh, it's not just limited to textbooks, so it has um, books in all genres. That's wonderful. So the app is going to allow people to 
read read these books more easily definitely yeah so this is app. the app is uh it's going to make it easy to access these books and also just you know for different um I, I guess different kinds of users who use this. For example, if a student is using it and they want to, their um, the main purpose is to improve reading fluency. What they can uh, use this app to look at the book as it's being read. You know, we have this uh, text-to-speech feature where you can listen to the the text on the screen, but you can also follow along because there is a word and sentence level highlighting that uh, kind of goes along. So uh, this helps with uh, improving your reading fluency as you, you know, look at the word as it's being pronounced. Um, so yeah, there are different um, uh, different features available within the app to kind of serve different needs of our users, uh, but the app itself makes it easy to um, you know, read and access any book in the Bookshare collection. So. But they're not audio books. They're, um, it's text-to-speech reading them. Is that correct? Yes, for now, yes. Uh, yeah. So um, we do in Bookshare, uh, if you go to the bookshare.org website, there are human-narrated audio books available. Uh, we have a smaller collection of them, um, and we do plan to bring in more. Um, you know, from this year on, but uh, on the app, on the Bookshare Reader app, uh, you we, you don't have access to human narrated audiobooks yet. Uh, we do plan to bring that feature in at some point this year, or you know, start this year and whenever we can. We have a list of features that we want to bring in, like bookmarks and highlights and annotations, and um, you know like help uh, readers discover new books, right? Uh, so there are there is this feature called Discover um, that we want to uh, bring into the app. So the readers don't have to exactly know what book they want to read. Uh, you know, sometimes they just come in, they don't, um, you know, they would like to see what options they have on a particular genre of their interest. So um, we are trying to, build this feature that will help them, um, you know, see what's out there, like what's latest on, like, for example, fiction or uh, romance or, you know, so um, there are multiple features that we want to bring in. So uh, we are trying to like kind of prioritize what goes in first. It's a small team, it's a nonprofit, so we are definitely resource constrained. Um, so uh, yeah, so I guess prioritizing and bringing in the features that will benefit most of our users. Um, you know, that's uh, that's the balance uh, that we are striving for. It sounds a bit like the feature, I mean, just being able to look at fiction or thrillers or something is one thing, but what would be really nice, and again, you are a non-profit and you've got to do the most important things first that most people want, but what I quite like, um, of course, I have to pay them. But what I quite like on Amazon or Audible is that they'll say, if you enjoyed this book, you might like these ones. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they get it wildly wrong. And I think, uh, no, why have you suggested that? But some of the suggestions are re really quite good. Um, so, yeah, maybe yeah. something like that might be a nice feature in the in the future because your your database might realize oh people who have read this often then go and read that so yep 
Absolutely. So we do. Um, I'm not sure if you have uh, seen Bookshare Art recently, but we have this new thing that we uh, included, which is called personalized like recommendation. Um, so in the discover, like if you go to browse on the top, you'll see discover as one of the options. And if you click on uh, more, uh, you will see um, at the top, I think what you see there is really personalized recommendation for you based on the books you read so far. So uh, definitely we are considering personalized recommendations and um, trying to make it uh, effective for the user. Um, instead of, like you said, instead of just giving them like general options, uh, we do want to make sure uh, we surface books that are of interest to them based on what they have read so far. Um, yeah, so. Especially when there are so many books to choose from, sometimes you just think, oh, there's too many, but I don't know where to start, you know? So yeah. that sounds like a really good thing. How would I become a member of Bookshare? How would I qualify to become a member of Bookshare? Because uh, I always thought it was for students, you see, so I never really tried, although I am doing some studies again now. Um, and I wonder how, how would I do that? That's a great question. So if you go to bookshare.org, um, so you can submit, uh, you know, so you, you need to show a proof of disability to become a Bookshare member. So, you know, if you are having, um, difficulties with submitting that it's very easy like if you call our customer support they will just walk you through that process um and yeah uh it's it's uh i know it's it's it takes a few steps but um once you get past that it's uh and again i want to also clarify that it's not just for students uh we do have many adult uh users who use it but there is i think a very nominal fee for adult users uh at I think if I remember right, it's $15 per year. It's uh, $50 a year. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it is uh, available for adult users as well. Um, and also it is available through library. So if you are, uh, you know, part of, a, you know, whether it's a national, uh, you know, library for the blind or even just, you know, I think like regular libraries, if you go talk to them, um, they can reach out to us and we can set up free memberships if uh, you have that proof of disability. So I, I, I wondered about partnerships because I've I've got another app called Dolphin Easy Reader and there's a place on there where, where a choice on there, which I've never clicked, but called RNIB Bookshare. So it looks like you maybe have a partnership with RNIB, maybe in the UK, maybe we have to phone them. Um, yes, actually, yes, you, you are correct. So we do have a partnership with our, um, not just our, mm -hmm. I, there are several premium libraries uh, that we, that partner with us. So, you know, we, um, we kind of provide, uh, so if you go to like the website, you can see, I think, RNIB at Bookshare. So like RNIB.Bookshare, I don't exactly remember the URL, but um, it's basically uh, the same Bookshare website but it's modified for rnib so um yeah i think it would be a great idea to for you to reach out to rnib and uh yeah, I'll, I'll uh google that and i'll have a look but i thought i'd ask for the listeners too because uh, there's always been this misconception that bookshare is only for students so i'm glad we're 
we're breaking that myth because um I know it is good for students but I I'm glad we've um I've learned something today so thank you for that. Yeah that's uh yeah thanks for asking that question to clarify that for users yeah. So I'm a bookshare member from 2008 2009 I think when it first started in India. So right I like the history and the horror book section. So right oh. at the starting yeah so right at the starting you said that the app will only support ebub book format so what if a user purchases it purchases ebub ebub from somewhere can they load it in the app or do they require an ebub mm-hmm. reader good question And which um, formats will support other any other formats yeah um so right now uh, the way the app works uh, is you are allowed to you know use it for bookshare um we don't allow side loading of like ebooks that you purchase outside um but in the future and when i say in the future like not in the near future but you know maybe next year um we may consider adding other libraries to our app but um we haven't actually really uh planned yet to let the users um open their uh ebooks that they bought or like got downloaded um from other unknown uh sources so um that is an interesting question though so um we will we will look into it um and if we ever plan to do that i will make sure to let you know asen and what about uh, bookshare uh, being available in international play store because it's only available for us i think Yes, right now uh, we launched uh, in US uh, on both iOS and Android, uh, but we do have plans to uh, launch internationally, especially in India. Uh, uh, I want to say next half, um, and when we uh, get closer and we have a definitive date time, uh, we will announce it through our newsletter. So if you are our, uh, if, you, if you get our Bookshare newsletter, you will. you will be uh, informed of um, that launch timeline when when we are ready to do that hi hima warren here so about a month or a little over a month ago i actually demonstrated this for our podcast when it first became available and in my demonstration there were areas i touched on that i wished uh, you folks have made a little bit different especially when it comes to the settings because in the main ui of the app though the settings is not there you actually have to open a book before you find that settings whether you want to customize the uh, audio or you want to customize uh, the text the fonts and all of that uh, would it be possible for the development team to kind of put that i think it makes sense that we have that settings right there in the main ui so one could customize it and it's not like when you open a book and you tap on settings that the uh, customization is only specific to that book it becomes global and if it's global then why not put that settings right in the main ui as to bearing it uh, in in a book so that's my one gripe that i have mm-hmm. and for the listeners who need to know ui stands for user interface so you're saying it's not in the main list of books for example warren it's per book you have to change yeah so what i'm right? saying is yeah. that when you open up book uh 
books you're a reader, for example, and you've gone through all the loggings and all of that stuff, and you get to the main user interface and you have, you know, tabs like your library, your uh, profile and all of that and downloads. And there should be a settings right there, especially. Yeah, I would, that oh, that's where I would part. expect. I shouldn't yeah. have to open a book called no. uh, Fee in London and then find the <laughs> settings. Uh, so that's my grab about it. And because, like I said, when I tap on, let's say, Fee in London, and then I, I tap on the settings near the top there, and I choose the voice or I choose how the font should look or I choose a background, you would think that I'm customizing it for fee in London, but no, it becomes global to even when I open a book called uh, Austin in Mumbai. So that's my gripe. You would expect that there to be a settings tab along with the library tab and things. You, uh, that's where I'd expect it to be as well. It is in the settings tab within the book. Um, but when I, I hear what you're asking for, but uh, the only thing is um, with EPUBs, there is this thing called uh, book default. So each book comes with its own default kind of, you know, fonts. And um, I think like, uh, I'm just thinking about all the other settings there, like the margins and, you know, different um, sizes and other things. So, and you would see that like, if you <clears throat> if you go to the settings tab, you, there is for each option, there is a book default option as well. So, um, that is one of the reasons why it is at a book level. Um, uh, but, you know, maybe in the future, I, I do see the point of uh, bringing in certain design elements outside of it to make it, you know, where it's generally applicable to all books, uh, you know, bring it to a common um, kind of like the front, uh, the first page of, of, the, of the app. But uh, right now, for that reason, we, we needed to keep it up the book level um and and again like i want to say um i was look listening to the demo you did uh when we when you introduced the bookshare reader app and it was really good so thanks for doing that i think we will um i think we already shared that with our users um uh, because it's like sort of a really good guide to um you know start using the basic features of the app so yeah thanks for doing that I'm a Braille user. Uh, this is Fee again. I'm a Braille user, and I'm wondering, could I read your books through the app with Braille? Because yeah, that would um, be brilliant. Yeah, so we've heard from several of our Braille users that they have been successfully able to use the Braille device along with this app. Um, right. Yeah, so you should, Fee and I would love for you to try it and let me know how your experience is. I will, and I'll I'll also let you know how it, how easy it was to join and things as well. Cool, yeah, yeah, sure. And if you have, uh, yeah, if you need any help, let me know too. I can kind of give it. So I'm being a a, a grab today, Ahima. Uh, <laughs> well, not really grabbing, but so one of the things that I had pointed out in that demo is the fact that one doesn't have a way of uh, sampling the voices. I'm talking about the TTS readout, for example. Now, if I go to uh, Bookshare Reader and I tap on that settings in the book and I tap on, you know, the audio tab and I tap on the voices 
And I open that and it takes me to the voices. It would be nice to have a sampler right there to the right of each of those voices for one to check what that voice sounds like before he or she uh, chooses them. At the current state that it's in, I have to tap on it and then I'm back to the previous screen and I could now tap on that sample to listen Mm -hmm. to it. And so I think it's not rightly implemented. That sample or that listen to sample should be right there along with the voices before I choose the one that I want after listening to the sample. Yes, that was great feedback. We will probably look into some design changes um, in that voice drop-down menu uh, soon. Uh, in fact, with this new update uh, that uh, I think we got two days ago, I, I would like to say very recently, um, th- there was a, a small change made in how voice uh, options are listed uh, to make it better for um, our users to not just like, uh, you know, if there are like 50 voices uh, from multiple regions and languages. Uh, we kind of uh, listed the region and language that makes sense for that user. So uh, it's uh, it's a curated voice list. And we also have listed the, the language and the region in the voice of, you know, the the UI itself, like if you drop down, if you use that drop down, you can see that. Um, but uh, yeah, it is actually a good suggestion to be able to play that sample right then and there in that drop down instead of choosing one and then coming out to uh, play sample. Um, we'll definitely consider that, uh, Warren, for for our future design change for that. Thank you so much. So I'm I'm in London. So it would probably think I would want a standard English voice. Mm-hmm. But I was reading a book on Kindle recently. Um, there was They've done an audio book now, but they hadn't at the time. Um, and it was set in Scotland. So I decided to change the voice of my phone to a Scottish voice, which, funnily enough, is called Fiona, like I am. Um, and... Um, so would you be able to do that, you know, if you're in one region, but your book is set somewhere else? Um, would you be able to to swap to a different region and uh, hear it in a Scottish accent or something like that? Can you do that in the app? Um, I am not familiar with English and Scottish accent, uh, though I, I'm... Um... I'm guessing. But yeah, if you're in the not... US, could you could you pick a UK voice, for example? Like yeah, so um, it wouldn't make you stay with an American one if you. Yeah, so yeah. you would uh, see all English locales. So basically, I think there are oh. nine English locales. So you will see that. But you know, for example, like you will not be able to see French or Spanish. Those uh, that's how we restrict it right now. Again, it's uh, it's it's a temporary thing as we figure out the design for it, a proper design that as we launch internationally for other markets too, uh, we need to make sure that you know, like you said, if there are users who are in a certain region but want to um, listen to it in a regional language that's different, right? So that is uh, something we are considering as we um, try to improve that design. Um, 
but right now yeah so if you are if it's a part of one of those nine english locales you can change it uh, i think there's like an english uk english canada english australia even english india and you know i forget the others but there are nine i think um and uh yeah and these uh, we would keep you know we'll try to improve this as we again those are the kind of uh, user experiences we want to make sure is good as we launch internationally so um uh, yeah and uh, you know once you get access and you try this in different english accents uh, i would i'm curious to hear your feedback on the things and um yeah. and the, and also but you know some people are bilingual aren't they so they'll mm-hmm. want to be able to swap between french and english or like my mum she's from holland she reads a lot of, i mean she's sighted so she wouldn't need bookshare but she reads dutch um things sometimes um yeah. you know in dutch um and if in her device uh, on the phone like if she had chosen uh dutch as one of her you know like on the device settings you have the option to choose your um the lang- the audio of language yeah. uh if she had chosen dutch you would see that also because we did i basically we get that information from the device um so the voice options mainly come from the device and that uh i remember warren that was also one of your questions about um including other voice options that are not directly native to the device but things that are bought outside like a cappella voices or voices you buy from third parties um those will also be listed if you had enabled them from your device so um but you know um we yeah if if you would like to if you have already bought it and if you want to test it out um we'll be curious to hear your feedback um but yeah voice options are you know we are constantly improving that design and uh, we would like to um we are open to suggestions ideas on um how to make this experience better for you all hima thank you for mentioning something that i mentioned in my review and the fact that you guys are thinking about um opening up the uh, tts engines that we already have on our devices for example you mentioned acapella uh so if i wanted to switch to acapella from within that that would be great but another thing i want to say thank you about so i'm not all about griping today but uh, <laughs> good plug for you guys uh the the feature that i really dig i really like is the fact that i could just tap on the read without the need of downloading it and i think to me that is key because you may have people now that do not have maybe devices with a lot of storage or whatever the case may be so if all i can do is to tap and read and i'm able to read as long as i have internet connectivity i think that was a very wise decision on the part of the bookshare development team and kudos to you guys for doing that i really like that feature no oh, i'm so glad to hear that warren yeah thanks for sharing that and which voices are you using at the moment in in the app like what what voices have you chosen to use are they the vocalizer ones or um yeah which um, app, which no, no, voices no. will these read are, me my books these are google voices um oh they're google ones okay yeah so and that's why i was saying in my demo that it would be nice to support locally stored uh, tts engines 
And I think that's what she's saying. They're considering working on that, and it would be good to have that. So if someone prefers to say, I want to use eloquence, for example, if eloquence still works on their phone, or they want to use a Pico TTS, for example, or whatever. Uh, so that would be a good thing to see it happen or come to the app. And I'm glad it's something you guys are considering. But it's good yeah. that, that you, you're using the Google ones at the moment, though, because they, as voices go, they're not my favorite, but they're not bad, you know. Yeah. They sound uh, really I mean, good. They're you could have cho- chosen something really nasty like e-speak, uh, <laughs> you know. Don't be rubbing my e-speak in the floor, if you're a girl. Fan of e-speak, <laughs> um, we all have our cross to bear, but. Um, <laughs> Oh my goodness, Pete. Warren, yeah, isn't but... that your hide my ass engine? That exactly. That's what I call it. You know, when I don't can watch understand some it. <laughs> sighted person to know what is going on, I call on that hide my ass uh, TTS engine. That's what I have you speak for. Yeah, it's it does a job, but it, no, I think you, choosing the Google voices as, as the basic voices at the moment, that's, um, yeah, that, that's, that would sound good. Oh, and I, I want to also mention a few things for your listeners. Um, so we are uh, currently working on optimizing our tablet experience. So I think that uh, in the next update, uh, you will see some great improvements. And then uh, some of the things that are coming in the future, like uh, I know several users have asked in the past are like reading lists and bookmarks and highlights and annotations and um Another thing that we support on web reader that is also going to come to mobile reader is um, MathML support. So basically, you will be able to, if a book has um, MathML included to visually and auditorily represent math, um, then that, that will be supported as well. So you can read and listen to math um, in your math textbooks or other books. Uh, so those are the things that are coming. And then we also have, we are constantly listening to feedback from our users and we are always trying to improve the app. Um, so we reprioritize based on uh, some, you know, if we hear about a certain feature from a lot of users, then we want to prioritize that. Um, uh, you know, a few things that we have heard definitely is like forgot password, which and then I think, uh, Warren, I don't know if, if I remember right, I think you were also asking for like sign up on that page. That's the one thing that is also missing there because if someone has not gone to the website to sign up, um, they should be able to sign up right from the app. And right now uh, that isn't we, part of that package. Yeah, we. I don't. I don't know if we will do that in the near future at all because of uh, certain restrictions that will be placed on us if we let that happen. Um, So, like, you know, because App Store has certain restrictions. If you are able to create accounts from this app, then it's considered different than, you know, just being a client. So uh, there are, you know, we had to play by those rules and restrictions. So... Uh, but we are considering like forgot password shouldn't be within that restriction. So we should be able to do that. Uh, but also uh, with the recent update, there were a lot of great improvements made for uh, the text to speech experience. So if uh, you haven't 
gotten the latest update on your app, uh, please do so and try that out. And um, I want to say, you know, there are other things like um, being able to remove books from your recent books list or, um, uh, you know, like being able to organize your downloaded books uh, more effectively. You know, those are kinds of things uh, that we are considering as part of uh, our future updates. So, uh, yeah, so we have lots of exciting updates coming up. I know um, the app, uh, you know, we had to launch the app with um, sort of basic features for the users because this is a free app and we have many users, um, you know, especially like students who are in, uh, in need of this app. So we launched it uh, with the, you know, the basic functionality that worked for majority of our users. Uh, but we do want to keep uh, adding new features and also fixing any other issues that you see with screen readers or, uh, you know, any accessibility issues. So, uh, we are really focused on that as well, and um, think you will see a lot more improvement in the next few updates uh, that are going to come up. So, I'm uh, yeah, I, I'd like to thank you and the team here for providing us this opportunity to come and talk about this reader and you know what uh, the history of it and what's coming up in the future. And um, yeah, so thank thank you for that and. Uh, like I said, we have this uh, email alias uh, where we like to get feedback uh, from our users. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll send you the email uh, alias, uh, Warren, if you can put that in the show notes. Um, so maybe uh, anybody who wants to send us any, um, you know, what they like, what, what they want to see uh, improvements on, or like any new suggestions on features and ideas. So um, they can send using that email ID. So yeah. That, that all sounds great. Can I ask you one final question, which is um, it's about uh, finding your place in the book when you have stopped reading and you've closed the app and then next week you want to start again. And there's two parts to this question because I have an app uh, with a library in this country where it will remember your place on the same device, mm -hmm. which is great. But if you try and read something from the same library on a different device, it won't. And they, and this is, I'll, I'll name and shame. This is Dolphin Easy Reader. And they say, who they, they're not the, they don't run the library, but they run the app. And they say, oh, well, if you want uh, to sync between where you are in different devices, you have to pay. And I'm like, uh, no, I've already paid for Audible. I'm not paying for this as well. Um, and then if you try and use your smart speaker to to read a book, um, it'll just start from wherever you were in its version. So <laughs> I'm just wondering what's the situation with finding the place where you got up to in your book previously on the same device and on a different one? That's a great question, Fiona. Um, so we do do uh, cross-device synchronization. And as I um, kind of mentioned in the beginning of this interview, we have these three different readers available for our users, right? And our goal was to 
make not only make the experience consistent across these readers, but also give the flexibility for the user to go between these different readers. Um, right. So we do make that possible for you. So if you are reading a book, uh, for example, on the Bookshare.org website, and you are reading through the web reader, uh, we will remember the location. So when you come back to your mobile reader and you open that book, you will be taken to that place. So uh, we call that the cross-device synchronization, and it, uh, it is possible today. Um, and then, like you said, uh, so that's between the web and the mobile reader, but smart speaker is a different base. So smart speaker, you can go back to where you were within Alexa. So if you were reading, if you're listening to the book on Alexa and you stopped at a certain place, you can come back to it when you open it again on Alexa, but that is not getting carried over. But uh, we do, we do want to and plan to do that in the future. It's just that it's not, yeah, right now it's not prioritizing our list. Uh, but you are able to grow between your web platforms, like if you open it on your desktop or laptop or any other device or on a browser, in even your phone, uh, you can go between that and your app and save that place. You can come back to that exact location. That is so. great news. Thank you for that. That's good to know. Thanks and how advice. do listeners and how do listeners subscribe to the Bookshare uh, newsletter? Oh, that's a good question. I I think as far as I understand, there is no link. So if you are interested, I think in the contact us page on the website, uh, there is a the one of the um, options um, when you like try to contact is newsletters. So if you just say, "Hey, I'm interested in." Uh, receiving this newsletter, you will be added directly. Uh, but I mean, right here, if any of you want to uh, get the newsletter, I'll I'll add um, I'll ask our marketing team to add it. I know Fee said that was the last and final question, but uh, permit me to ask one more. So I'm feeling like Abraham here. Uh, <laughs> now you got Alexa support. Uh, would you guys be thinking of the Google Assistant support so I could use it like on my Google Nest Hub or on my Google Home uh, speaker, for example? Because uh, some knuckleheads like me don't like the Alexa um, or Amazon stuff. Would you guys consider bringing this capability to the Google Assistant speakers at some point? Great question. Actually, very timely. Um, we are working on an Android um, Google Assistant sort of app action right now. Uh, um, you know, it has, I don't know if you, if you follow the Google Assistant or, um, you know, any Android announcements, but uh, in the latest IO, they announced that they have stopped supporting uh, Google voice actions and what they support now is uh, app action. So if you have an Android app, um, it's easy to let the users of Android mobile devices to use Google uh, Assistant and open the app and do any action from that app, right? So for example, if I if you have an Android phone and you have the mobile, uh, the Bookshare Reader app, installed you can say hey google uh, open harry potter blah blah in um bookshare reader and then it it will op open so that's the kind of 
you know functionality we are working on so um it will be available for android device users uh soon i'm not able to give you an exact timeline right now but soon great but i think warren's talking about um using it on a google nest or a google um yeah. home or something and that would just say i'm unable to do that on this device at the moment wouldn't it yeah that's not yeah, yeah so i think that's that's what they're working on and so hima now before you go i know we've had you for so long and thank you so much would you be willing to come back again you know when some of these things have been implemented or uh, at the least uh, come back for a one year anniversary of the release of the bookshare reader i think so much would have happened between now and then and it would be great to have you back here if not sooner oh yeah i would be thrilled to do that yeah um like you said there yeah i think great things would have happened between now and our first anniversary so i'll be very interested uh, to share all that with your listeners Well, thank you so much for joining us today and congratulations to you guys for a new bookshare reader and we're looking forward for you to coming back here and chatting with us again. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me here and thanks for giving us um, you know, giving Benetech and Bookshare the opportunity to talk about our readers and um yeah, and I'm looking forward to coming again at the like you said at the anniversary of our uh, launch. Uh, very soon so thank you up next is the app of the week and i'm demonstrating an app a browser called vivaldi v i v a l d i and now here's vivaldi demonstration hi Warren Carr here for Blind Android Users Podcast and for episode 116 app of the week today i'll be demonstrating an app called vivaldi Vivaldi is a browser based on Chromium just like Google Chrome, Microsoft Edge, and a host of others. For today's demonstration, I'm utilizing my Pixel 6 Pro running Android 13 QPR2 beta 3.2. For the speech services, I'm utilizing the Google speech services with voice variant number 6. In reality, this app actually works on my Pixel 7 Pro running Android 14 developer preview 1, but I thought I'll do it on my Pixel 6 instead. So I am now on my home screen and will navigate to my folder simply called browsers where I have all of my browsers and we'll go from here. This is the first time I'm running this. I'll now move to browsers folder. Folder browsers four or more items. Here is browser and I'll tap here to activate Chrome. Now we heard Chrome and I know that I have my Vivaldi browser right at the bottom. Toward the right, I'll put my finger down there and find and activate Vivaldi. Vivaldi browser. Here is Vivaldi browser. I'll tap to activate. Vivaldi first run experience. Welcome to Vivaldi in horizontal pager. page 1 of 2 Upon opening the browser we heard first run and welcome to Vivaldi I'll move my finger to the bottom where we'll find continue so basically this is like a tutorial page By using Vivaldi you agree to Vivaldi's 
End user license agreement and privacy policy. Okay, and below there. Continue button. We have the continue button, a tab here to activate. And I do want to apologize here if you hear some noises. It's been very, very windy here and very cold. And so we have some noises, especially against the window and all of that. I'll tab here to continue. Get started. Page two of two. Page two of two, get started. I put my finger down. Ready to browse or want to customize? Your choice. We here, ready to browse or customize. So in other words, we've got a couple items here or a couple choices. We can either go straight to browse the web or we could choose the customize and customize it. The intention of this demonstration is to show you a quick overview on how it works and some of the features. So in this case, I will tap on the customize. But here are our options. Quick start, selected, one of two, enlist, two There's items. Quick start, next. Customize it, not selected, two of two. We have the customize it, not selected. And that's the one I'm going to tap on because we want to go into customization and show you all that we have. Selected. And then at the bottom, we've got the continue button. Continue button out of list. I'll tap to activate. Position your tabs. Page three of seven. We are now on the third page of seven pages. And the first thing we heard here is the customization of our tabs. In other words, whether we want these tabs to be at the top part of the screen or at the bottom of the screen. I'll put my finger down so you hear what I'm talking about. Do you want your tab and address bars on the top or bottom? In other words, the address bar and all the tabs, we could choose to have them near the top of the screen or at the bottom of the screen. I think I kind of prefer using the bottom one, and you can choose whichever one you prefer, but we got two options, either top or bottom. And here's what I'm talking about. Top, selected, one of two, in list. By default, the top is selected, or... Bottom, not selected, two of two. Bottom, not selected, and that's the one I'm going for. I'll tap here to choose that. Selected. And then, of course, at the bottom is that continue button. Let's now tap on continue. Continue button out tab. of list. Choose your tab style. Page four of seven. The fourth page of the tutorial now is to choose the tab style. Putting my finger down, here's what we got. Do you prefer a desktop style tab bar or a simpler switcher? So we got either a desktop tab style or a simple switcher and of course so we got two options we've got tab bar selected one of two tab list, bar two that's items. the one that's selected by default or tab switcher not selected two of tab two. switcher i'm going to choose the second as you can see i seem to be choosing the second choices for some odd reason i'll tap here selected and then continue at the bottom continue button make vivaldi yours page five of seven Page five of seven, make this app yours. And putting my finger down. Pick a theme and choose between light and dark mode, out of list. We here choosing a theme. And we got different items here we got. Adaptive color based on web page button. 
adaptive color based on the web page. Gray button selected. Gray. Blue button. Blue. Green button. Green. Yellow button. Yellow. Follow system selected one of three. In By list, default, three items. it should follow your system. So in other words, if you have your system set to the light or dark mode, it will just follow what you have. Or light mode not selected. Light two mode. Of three. So in other words, even if my system is set to the dark mode, if I choose the light mode, whenever I'm using this browser, it's going to be in the light mode, ignoring my system setting. Next. Dark mode, not selected, three of three. Dark mode, not selected. For this time, though, I'm leaving mine on follow my system settings. So we'll tap on continue at the bottom. Continue button out of take back your privacy. Page six of seven. Page six, talking about privacy. Putting my finger near the middle. Vivaldi doesn't track your behavior, and we do our best to block others who do. All right, so in other words, Vivaldi doesn't track me, and they try their best to prevent those who try to track me. Moving my finger down. No blocking, selected, one of three, in list, We have three options items. here. We got either no blocking or... Block trackers, not selected, two of block three. Block trackers or... Block trackers and ads, not selected, three of three. Block trackers and ads. I'm going to choose the third selected and then at the bottom continue button i have the continue button continue button out there of the we list. go make vivaldi your default browser in horizontal pager page seven of seven we are now on the last page and this time we could choose it to be our default or not choose it to be our default here's what i'm talking about make vivaldi your default browser and below that, open all links automatically, block ads and trackers, and browse hassle-free. Moving down, set Vivaldi as default button. We got set Vivaldi as my default or maybe later button. Maybe later. I'm going to tab on maybe later. Web view. Vivaldi notifications make things easier. You'll be able to easily manage media controls, incognito sessions, downloads and more out of grid pager. In this case, it's talking about notifications, whether you wanted to allow it to send you notifications and all of that. And it's totally up to you. You could say yes or no. And below that, we have the continue button. Continue button. Allow Vivaldi browser to send you notifications. Allow button. We got the allow and or. Don't allow button. Don't allow. So in other words, if I tell it not to allow and I'm downloading a file, for example, when that file download is completed, I'm not going to get any notification. For now, though, I'm going to tap on Do Not Allow. Vivaldi Browser. We are now on a new page. And here's what it says. What's new button. We have What's New button. And if I just triple tap here with two fingers, it should read all that is new. So I'll triple tap with Two fingers. Vivaldi 5.7. Heading 1. Published on February 23, 2023. Vivaldi is faster. High voltage. Heading 2. Are you drowned in 100 plus tabs deep? 
starting Vivaldi with hundreds of tabs is now much faster than its previous version, thanks to a lot of under-the-hood browser improvements. No matter how you choose to browse, your experience should be smooth. Slow claps, please. Hands clapping. Play audio when Vivaldi runs in the background. Musical note. Heading 2. This news sounds so good. Smiling face. Vivaldi doesn't just let you stream YouTube videos audio in the background but audio from any site in the background. To enable the feature, go to the general section in Vivaldi settings and enable the allow background audio playback. Disable autoplay for video, movie camera. Heading 2. You heard that right. Now video autoplay is disabled by default. In case you want to turn it on, find the option, autoplay videos, under settings and scroll down to site settings. No more you got the drift. I'm going to stop here. You can read about all of this if you wanted to. Now at the bottom, we have on the left. Panels button. Panels. If I tap here, what that means is going to take me to where I could see things on the home screen like eBay, YouTube, Amazon, and to the right of that. Connection is secure. Connection is secure. Content blocker button. Content blocker. Vivaldi.com slash Android. Vivaldi.com. That's the address bar. Switch or close tab. Switch button. or close tab. And to the right of that. More options. More options. Button. Let me tap on panels. Now you'll see what I'm talking about. Panels button. Vivaldi browser. Go back button. Tapping on panels. Here's what I got. Speed dial. 15 bookmarks. One of two. In list. Two we got items. speed dial. 15 items or. Bookmarks, 13 bookmarks, 2 of 2. Bookmarks, 13 bookmarks. So if I tap on the speed dial, for example. Speed dial, 15 bookmarks. Tap here. Amazon, Vivaldi.com. So Showing items like 1 Amazon. to 12. Booking.com. Yelp, Vivaldi.com. YouTube, W. eBay, Vivaldi.com. Walmart, Vivaldi. You got the drift. And of course, you can remove these things if you don't want those. Now, that's the panel. And now at the very bottom of the phone, I have, starting from the left, we got... Bookmarks, button. Bookmarks, going right. History, button. Right. Notes, button. Notes. Downloads, button. Downloads. All right. I'm going to go back to close out of here. Vivaldi browser. Panels, button. And now I'm going to tap on the more options on the bottom right. More options, Pop-up window. New tab in list. Tapping on more options. Here's what we got. We got new tab. New private tab. Duplicate tab. Recent tabs. Bookmark. Bookmarks. History. Notes. Downloads. Translate. Reading list. Reading list. In other words, you could save things to your reading list so you can read them offline if you wanted to. Turn on request desktop site. Keep going. Capture page. Capture the page. Find in page. Show page actions. Add to home screen. Get image descriptions. Showing items 4 to 21 of 23. We got get image description. Let's go in here quick, see what this is all about. Get image descriptions. Get image descriptions. Images are sent to Google to improve descriptions for you. Okay. And you could turn it off or on. Selected, just once. There's just once. Not selected, always. Always. I'm going to tab on always. Selected. And 
Then we got No thanks button. No thanks. Or Get descriptions button. And get descriptions. So in the middle of the phone, toward the bottom, you get no thanks. And to the right of that, get image descriptions. I'll tap here to get image descriptions. Image descriptions are on. Stop image descriptions. There we are. Now, because we have image description, we now hear stop image description. We have a lot, and so I'm just going to go through these things quickly. Start Vivaldi again. Help and feedback. Exit. And now, below this exit, we got some buttons toward the bottom there, and they are... Forward, button, disable, forward, out of list, download page, Download button. page. Settings, button. Settings. Share button. Share and refresh page button. Refresh page. Let's tap on the settings because that's very important. Settings button. Settings. Navigate up button. Show Tapping items 1 to on 13 settings now. Here are the items we find. It says there are 49 items. And so I'm just going to quickly go through all of these, but not necessarily go into them because it could be time consuming. And it's getting long as it is. So here's what we got. Sync, one of 49. The first thing we heard is sync, one of 49, moving down. Create a Vivaldi account to start syncing data across devices, two of 49. Login, button. I'm just moving down. Create account, button. General, three of 49. General. Search engine, Bing, four of 49. Search engine, and by default is Bing. You can tap here to go choose the one that you want. It has all kinds of search engines. I'm not going to go into it, but you can tap here and go check the checkbox for the one that you want and tap on set as default. Let's keep going. Allow search suggestions in address field, switch, off, 5 of 49. Show search engine suggestion, switch, off, 6 of 49. Allow background audio playback. With this setting turned on, audio playback will continue in the background even when you switch tabs in Vivaldi or use other apps. Switch off 7 of 49. And by default, this is switched off. You can turn it on. I'm just going to move through the items, like I said, because I'm not going to be going into each and every one of these things as it will make it so long. Password Manager, 8 of 49. Payment methods, 9 of 49. Addresses and more, 10 of 49. Language settings, 11. Menu settings, 12 of. Double tap back button to close app. Prevents accidental exit of the application. Switch, off, 13. Enable address bar swipe gesture. Opens tab switcher on swipe. Tabs, 15 of 49. Swipe to close tab. Switch, off. Show tab bar. Switch, off, 7. Enable tab stacking. Switch, on, 18 of 49. Show X button for background tabs, switch, off, 19 of 49. Show tab as favicon, switch, off, 20 of 49. Minimum tab width, 90 pixels, 21 of 49. Slider, 0%. New tab position, after active tab, 22 of 49. Focus address bar on new tab, switch, on, 20. Automatically close tabs, 3 months, 24 of 49. Privacy, 25 of 49. Tracker and add blocking, no blocking, 26 of 49. Showing items 14 to 26 of 49. In other words, you could tap here and go choose how you want it. You could set it to blocking 
or blocking trackers and ads as well. I'll keep going. Privacy and security, 27 of 49. Appearance, 28 of 49. Address bar at bottom, switch, on, 29. Reverse search suggestion order, applicable when address bar is at bottom, makes it easier to reach the top suggestions. Switch, off, 30 of Start page, large speed dials, 31 of 49. Theme, follow system, 32 of 49. Vivaldia game, 33 of 49. Show scroll bars, only affects Vivaldi's internal pages, and not websites, switch, off, 34 of 49. Status bar visibility, show status bar, 35 of 49. Show toolbars while scrolling, switch, off, 36 of 49. Show start page icon in address bar, applies only when the address bar is at bottom, switch, off, 37 of 49. Show keyboard accessory view, shows autofill suggestions on top of the keyboard, switch, on, 38 of 49. Web pages, 39 of 49. Always show desktop site, switch, off, 40 of 49. Accessibility, 41 of 49. And here's the item about accessibility, probably I need to go in here real quick. Accessibility. Navigate up. Button. Out of list. And under accessibility, here's what we got. Increase zoom. Button. So zoom. Show zoom. Zoom in or out. Show zoom. Zoom in or out on a page. Force enable zoom. Override a. Simplified view for web pages. Get notified when an article can be shown in simplified view. Check box. Not checked. That would be for those of us who are blind. I'm going to turn this on. Checked. Captions, 6 of 7. Captions, and the last item. Image descriptions, 7 of 7. Image Showing descriptions. Showing items 1 to 7 and of 7. This is the one I said on earlier. One could tap here to verify, but I'm just going to go back by tapping navigate Showing the top. Item. Navigate up, button. Accessibility, 41 of 49. Site settings, 42 of 49. Downloads, 43 of 49. Notifications, 44 of 49. Homepage, on, 45 of 49. Stay in browser, opens external pages in Vivaldi when possible, switch, off, 46 of 49. Set as default browser, switch, off, 47 of 49. About, 48 of 49. And, the last item here. About Vivaldi, 49 of 49. And that's the last one. As you can see, there's lots of customization here in the Vivaldi browser. So take your time, go through this, and customize Vivaldi to your own liking. And that's a quick tour of the Vivaldi browser. Thanks for listening. And we now turn on to the TalkBack highlights. And thanks to John. John's bringing us another TalkBack highlights. And here's John's TalkBack highlights. Welcome back to our continuing series called Talkback Highlights. In today's installment, we're going to be covering voice commands. Now, this is something that was touched on in a previous episode by Warren, but today we're going to be doing an in-depth demonstration of a lot of the different voice commands you can do with Talkback because this is a very powerful feature and in my opinion, it's one of the things that sets TalkBack apart from VoiceOver. So, I'll start by saying 
the default gesture to bring up voice commands is to swipe right then up. And the first time you do this, it's going to ask you for microphone access. So if you haven't used voice commands before, you're going to need to grant access to Android Accessibility Suite or TalkBack, whatever the app is called on your phone, depending on if it's a Samsung phone or a Pixel phone. And then there's going to be a pop-up that's going to describe briefly to you what voice commands are. And now in this pop-up, there's a box checked that says always show this. So you're going to want to uncheck that box before you click on the button, use voice commands. This way, when you do the gesture for voice commands, you'll just hear a chime and you can say your voice command from there. So I'm going to swipe right then up to trigger the voice commands. And I'm going to say help. Help. Voice command overview. Navigate up button. So as you're going to see, this brought up the help page for voice commands. So I encourage you to go in here and this is where you can look through all the different types of voice commands you can do. Voice command overview. To use voice commands, swipe right then up. Say help or what can I say? Anytime for this list of commands. For best results, say the exact wording listed on the following screens. So there's going to be a few different sections here. I'm not going to open them because I encourage you to go look here yourself and go open them and look through the voice commands. But I'm just going to give you some demonstrations from each of the following sections. So the first section is reading. Change how you read content on the current screen. So a couple of voice commands you could do related to reading are if you want to go to the first item on screen or last item on screen, you can just say first or last like this. First. Navigate up button. Last. Text editing. Type, select, and copy text. So that put the last item in screen, on screen in focus. You can also say read from top or read from next item. Read from top. Navigate up button. Voice command overview. To use voice commands, swipe right then up. Say help or what can I say? So I stopped that, but it would have continued reading. You can also say read from next item. For best results, say the exact wording listed on the following screens. Reading, change how you read content on the current screen. So I stopped that, but it would have just continued reading until the very end. So a few other things you can do are, I'll just do examples. Speak faster. Speech rate 82%. So you could change your speech rate this way if you want. Speak slower. Speech rate 75%. You can also change your granularity this way. So words navigation. Words. So now if I swipe up or down. Reading. Change. It goes by words. Characters navigation. 
Characters. So I changed it to characters. So if you don't want to swipe or change, have to change your granularities by swiping through all the different things, you can just say the one you want and it'll set it to that. So now we're on characters. Space. H. O. W. Whiskey. So another thing you can do is say, I'll give you an example. You can say next heading. No next heading. So obviously there's no next heading on this page, but if there were, it would go to the next heading, even if your current granularity or reading mode is not set to headings. So I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next section now. Find items. Find specific content on the current screen. So this is very useful. If you're on... A screen and you know there's a button you want to find quickly but don't want to have to swipe to it or explore to find it you can just say find followed by the label of the button so I'm gonna to go to Gmail to demonstrate this home Android accessibility suite mail search in mail search in mail so I'm in Gmail and there's this floating button that's sometimes hard to find near the bottom right and that's what you click on if you want to compose a message. So I'm just going to do the voice command. Find, compose. Compose button. And now the compose button is in focus. And all I would have to do is double tap to go to it. Gmail. Home. So heading back to the Voice settings. command overview. Find items, find specific content on the current screen. So you can also, if you want to do a screen search, you can say screen search. But moving on to the next section here. Text editing, type, select, and copy text. Text editing. So this is something I use a lot. I'm going to open the messages app to demonstrate this. Home. Audible large. Messages. Ashley Dyer, text, text, edit box. So now that I have a edit box in focus, I'm going to type a message just by saying the word type followed by the message. Type. This is an example of how you can use voice commands to type a message with your voice, period. This is an example of how you can use voice commands to type a message with your voice, end of field. So as you could see, it read it back to me, and it never even brought up the keyboard, so I just had to have the edit box in focus, so if that's what I want to send, I could just swipe right and double tap on send, without even needing the keyboard. So I'm going to show you a couple other things you can do. Select all. Selected text. This is an example of how you can use voice commands to type a message with your voice. Copy and paste toolbar. Showing English, US QWERTY. So that did bring up the keyboard because we're now editing text. And as you heard, the copy and paste toolbar is up, but we don't need it because we could just do cut. Cut. This is an example of how you can use voice commands to type a message with your voice. Copied to clipboard. 
showing recently copied or captured content as candidate. Paste. Voice. Showing recently copied or captured content as candidate. So as you could see. Editing. This is an example of how you can use voice commands to type a message with your voice. Edit box. The text is back in the box. So I cut it and I pasted it back in there. You can also use this to turn on selection mode. So I can say select. Selection mode on. Period. E select. C selected. I select. O select. V select. Space selected. So if once you've selected what you want to delete, you can just say delete. Voice deleted. And then it's showing recently copied or captured content as candidate. And then it tells you what you've deleted. So that's just a few text editing voice commands you can do. I'm going to now go back to where we were. Home. Messages. Voice command overview. Text editing. Type, select, and copy text. So now let's go to the next section. Device navigation. Go home, go back, show notifications, and more. So this is basically all your device navigation you can use with your voice if you want. So I'll just show you a couple things. Home. Home. Messages. So that took me to my home screen. Notifications. Notification shade. 11.51 a.m. Quick settings. Quick settings. 11.51 a.m. Recents. Home. Settings do not disturb. So that took me to my recents page with all my recent apps. I'm going to go back home. Home. Audible large. Double tap and drag to move. So now I'm back on my home screen. Uh, another cool thing you could do is bring up Google Assistant. So all you have to do is say Assistant. Assistant. What's the weather? It's 80 and sunny. Today, it'll be partly cloudy, with a high of 83 and a low of 63. So, as you could see, that's a quick way to bring up Google Assistant if you're not using a Pixel and don't have an easy way to access the Google Assistant. That's just another option. Another thing you can do is say, All Apps. And that takes you to the app drawer. So Home. Priority app. So now I'm in the app drawer. But I'm going to go back to the settings. Recent apps. Google Google Assistant. Google Google Assist. Android Accessibility Suite. Voice Command Overview. Device Navigation. Go Home. Go Back. Show Notifications. And more. So we have one more section that we can explore here. Other commands, go to talkback settings, hide screen, see actions, add custom labels, and more. So as you can see, you can talkback settings. Talkback settings. Navigate up button. Voice command overview. You could also say 
Hide screen. Screen hidden. Do gesture swipe down, then right to open talk back menu, highlight show screen, then double tap. Show screen. Showing screen. Home. Home. Audible large. Double tap and drag to move. So I'm going to show you how to label unlabeled buttons. I'm on the Audible widget right now. Audible large. Double unlabeled button. And there are a bunch of unlabeled buttons. So there's a 30. Back 30 seconds button. And to the right of that. Unlabeled button. Unlabeled button. Unlabeled button. Unlabeled button. There's four unlabeled buttons. Unla unla unlabeled button. And I know from using the app that they are previous chapter, play and pause, next chapter, and bookmark. So I'm going to show you the quickest way to label these using voice commands. Label previous chapter. Label saved. Unlabeled button. Label play slash pause. Label saved. Unlabeled button. Label next chapter. Label saved. Unlabeled button. Label bookmark. Label saved. So now, as you can see, next chapter, play slash pause, but previous chapter button. They're all labeled as they should be. And one more thing you can do is bring up the actions menu if you want to. So I'm just going to put in app icon and focus. Messages. Actions. Actions. Move item. So now here's a list of all the actions. Remove from home screen. Disable item. Cancel button. I'm just going to hit cancel. Home. Messages. That's just a bunch of examples of different things you can do with TalkBack using voice commands. I hope this has been helpful and thank you for listening. And now to close today's episode, we bring you that tip of the week I mentioned earlier and here again is John. Hi, John here. And for the tip of the week this week, I'm gonna show you how to assign routines on your Samsung phone to specific fingerprints. So you can have your phone do a specific thing when you unlock with a certain finger. So it can open into a specific app, it can adjust all kinds of different settings. Basically anything you can do with the built-in routines on your Samsung phone, you'll be able to do just by unlocking with a specific finger. And the prerequisite here is that you need to have an app called Routines Plus installed from the Galaxy Store. And I think you're going to need proper One UI in order to do this. I don't think it will work on One UI Core. So I'm going to include the link to the Routines Plus app in the video description or show notes but I'm also going to show you how to get to it from the Galaxy Store because it's an unlisted app, which means if you search for it, it's not going to show up for some reason. 
So what you're going to need to do is go, if you don't have the direct link, you're going to need to go get it through the GoodLock app. So I'm going to show you how to do that. So I'm in my app drawer now, and I'm going to open the Galaxy Store. Apps. Galaxy Store. Apps. Events button. Search button. I'll click on search. Search. Search. Showing Braille keyboard. Swipe up with three fingers for more options. So I'm going to type in good luck. G. O. O. D. L. O. C. K. And that's just one word. Showing English, US QWERTY. Search. I'm going to hit search. Good luck, edit box, search. Keyboard hidden. Good luck, good luck labs. So it's good Galaxy luck store. By good luck labs. Navigate up button. Now, it's already installed, so at the bottom, open I'm going to hit open. But if you don't have it installed, then you're going to need to hit install. And once it's installed, there'll be an open button. Good luck. Good luck. Unlabeled. And now once you're in the Good Lock app, you're going to want to go. There's two tabs at the bottom, right? You're going to want to go to the one on the right. Selected Life Up tab. Life Up. Selected. And then you're going to want to scroll down until you see something called Routines Plus. One Hand Operation Plus. Routines Plus, various features have been added. Bixby Routines, allowing you to create more power. So, that's what I want. If you swipe right from here. Unlabeled button. That unlabeled button will, it's, I'm guessing it's a download button. It will send you to the Galaxy Store. Galaxy Store. Navigate up button. So here we have. Routines Plus, rated 3.5 stars. And at the bottom. Install button. I'm going to install it. Now, top apps in the category. Now, you're not going to need to open the app or anything. You just need to have it installed. So from here, I'm going to bring up the regular settings. Notification shade. Open settings button. Settings. Search settings button. Now we're going to look for biometrics. I'm going to scroll about halfway down. Wallpaper and style, wallpaper, themes, themes, wallpaper, home screen, layout, app, lock screen, screen lock, security and privacy, biometrics, permission manager. That's what we want. Security and privacy. Navigate up button. Updates, good. Privacy. Security, heading. Biometrics. So the first thing under the security heading is biometrics. We're going to go there. Biometrics. Navigate up button. Now we're going to look for fingerprints. Fingerprints. Three fingerprints added. Confirm pattern. Navigate up button. Okay, so I've just put my pattern in. And what you'll notice here is... Right thumb. I've already put three fingers in here. Left thumb. And named them. Left index. So if you don't rename them, they'll just be finger one, finger two, so on. So 
What I'm going to do is I'm going to add... Add fingerprint button. Another fingerprint. I'm going to do my left middle finger. Fingerprint registration help. Register button. The scan scanning target activated. 20% achieved. 30% achieved. Move your finger up. Move your finger up. Move your... 39% achieved. 47% achieved. 54% achieved. 61% achieved. 66% achieved. Move your finger down, move your finger up, and 71% achieved, 76% achieved, move your finger down, 83% achieved, 91% achieved. Now lift your finger. Move your finger up and to the left about one-eighth of an inch and touch the target again. Done. Button. Okay, so I'm done with that and... Fingerprints. Fingerprint one. Now I'm going to go and double tap on fingerprint one because I'm going to want to rename it because... It's going to make things a lot easier to know which fingerprint is associated to which finger. Fingerprint one, end of field. So I'm just going to double tap in here. Showing English, US QWERTY. Type left middle. Left middle, end of field. Cancel, but save button. Keyboard hidden. Fingerprints. Left middle. So now I have my left middle finger, left index, left index finger, left thumb, left thumb, right thumb, and right thumb. Those are my four fingerprints on this device. So now we're going to go back to the main settings. Notification shade. Open settings, but settings. Security and privacy by notifications, status bar, do not, sounds and vibration, notification, settings, modes and routines. And right near the end of the first page of the settings is modes and routines. We're going to go there. Modes and routines. Navigate up button. So, this is what we have here. Modes and routines. And I'm going to hit add routine. Create routine button. Create routine. Create routine. If. So, if. This is the condition. And for our condition is going to be unlocking with the fingerprint, so I'm going to swipe right. Add condition. Add a condition. Conditions. Navigate up button. And I'm going to scroll all the way down to the bottom because it's the last section. Routines plus. That's the heading, and after that you'll see... Unlock with fingerprint. I'm going to hit that. Unlock with fingerprint. Select a fingerprint to use. When you selected right thumb. So this is my right thumb which i use to unlock it normally so i'm not going to assign this to anything specific not selected left thumb i'm going to try my left thumb selected left thumb done button create routine add condition so that's the condition then add action i'm going to add an action actions navigate up button so there's all kinds of things you can do with routines. I'm just going to give a few examples today, but one's going to be how to open a specific app. So I'm going to find apps. Display, wallpaper, lock screen, security, location, accounts and ba battery, accessibility, Bixby voice, music, effects, functions, apps. So as you can see, there are a lot of different things to choose from. I'm going to go to apps. Open an app or do an app action. I'm going to select that. Open an app or do an app action. Search button. Search edit box. Type lookout. 
Lookout, end of field. So I just did a search for lookout. Open lookout. I'm gonna double tap here. Checked. Selected, checked, checkbox. Cancel, but, done, but, create routine. Add action. Keyboard hidden. So now I have an action here. Remove, open an app, or do an app, open an app, or do an app action. Open lookout. So I have the trigger and the action. So I'm gonna hit save near the save. bottom right. Modes and routines. Routine name. Now here's where you could change the name of it and customize how it looks. I'm gonna leave everything how it is. Done button. Again near the bottom right, hit done. Unlock with fingerprint save. Modes and routines. Create routine button. Okay, so I'm gonna create another routine. Create routine. If. Add condition. Then. So add condition. I'm gonna add a condition. Conditions. Again, find fingerprint. Routines plus. Unlock with fingerprint. Unlock with fingerprint. Not selected, left middle. I'm gonna do. Not selected, left index. Left index this time. Selected, left index. Done, button. Create routine. Then, add action. Now for my action this time, I'm going to set my phone to silent mode. Actions. Navigate up, button. Control smart things. Connections. Connected device. Sounds and vibration. Sound mode and volume. So I went to sounds and vibration. I'm going to go to sound mode and volume. Sound mode and volume. Sound mode. Sound selected. Vibrate not selected. Mute not selected. I'm going to select mute. Mute. Selected. Then near the bottom right. Done button. Done. Sound mode and volume. Create routine. Add action. Now, what I'm going to do is add another action here because I want it to also vibrate when it does this so that I know it's done it right. Actions. Navigate up button. So, let's see what we have. Connections. Here. Connected devices. Sounds and vibration. Notifications. Display. Wallpaper. Lock screen. Security, location, accounts and back, battery, accessibility, Bixby voice, music, effects, functions. So I think it's effects. under effects. Let's see what's here. Beep once. Yeah, you can have it beep. Vibrate once. I'm going to have it vibrate. Create routine. Add action. Save. So I'm going to save it now. Modes and routines. Again. Done. Button. Not going to change the name of it or customize it in any way. Unlock with fingerprint to save. Modes and routines. Create routine button. Okay, so I'm going to do one more. And this is going to set the screen brightness to zero. Create routine. If. Add condition. Then. Add condition. Condition. Unlock with fingerprint. Unlock with fingerprint. This time I'm going to use my Sele middle. Not selected. Left middle. Selected. Cancel. Done. But. Create routine. Add action. Actions. Connected devices. Sounds and vibe. Notification. Display. Display. Dark mode. Grayscale. Brightness. Brightness. Brightness. Changing the brightness will also turn off adaptive brightness. And I'm okay with that because I already have that turned off. 100%.
255, slider. So I'm going to move this slider all the way down. Zero, slider. Cancel, but, done, button. Brightness. Create routine. Add action. Okay, so I'm going to hit. Save. Save. Modes and root. Done, button. And done. Unlock with fingerprint 3 saved. Modes and routines. Okay. Create routine. Home. Search. So. Double tap and drag to move. I'm just on my home screen now. I'm going to turn off the phone screen. Screen off. Ringer I'm gonna, silent. I'm going to unlock the normal way. 10.41 a.m. Device unlocked. Home. Search. So. Double tap and drag to move. As you can see, I'm still on the home screen. Now, I'm going to turn off the screen and unlock with my left thumb. And that should. Screen off. Open directly into Lookout. 10.42 a.m. Device unlocked. Home. So. Search. Duck 2. Selected text mode. So I'm in Lookout now. Bye. 1. Oh, and. So I'm going to go back home. home. So that. Search. Double tap and drag. Chase. So that took me directly into Lookout. Now I'm going to show you. Notification shade. 1042. Sound on button. See, my sound is on, so I'm going to toggle this. Vibrate on. Vibrate. Mute on. Mute. Sound on. Sound is on. So, I'm going to turn off the screen. Screen off. Ringer silent. Unlock with my left index finger. This should put my phone on silent. 10.43 a.m. So Device unlocked. Home. It's, it's unlocked, Chase. and I've felt a vibration. So I know that it's done it, but I'm just going to confirm. Notification shade. Mute on button. So as you can see, it's now on mute mode. So if I want to turn the sound back on. Sound on. So. the I'm going to show you the screen brightness now. 100% display brightness slider. Turn the screen off. Screen off. Ringer silent. Unlock with my middle finger. On my left hand. 10.44 a.m. Device unlocked. Home. Chase. Notification shade. 10.44 a.m. 0% display brightness slider. So the brightness has been put to zero. So these are just three examples of things you can do. You can assign it to three different apps if you want to. Um, you can do anything Samsung routines are very powerful, so you could just look through all the options, but there's so many different things you can do. And there's different ways to trigger the routines, but just one of the ways you can is by unlocking with a specific finger. So I hope this helps. This will make specific tasks that you do often very easy. So thank you for listening. Thank you so much, John. And folks, that concludes it for this week for us. And Austin standing by to give you info as to how to get hold of us. Austin? So people to locate us, they can email us with their questions or feedback or comments or recording submissions to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. They can browse our website, blindandroidusers.com. Check out our YouTube channel, 
youtube.com slash blind android users subscribe to our mailing list blind android users plus subscribe at groups.io the links for telegram and twitter clubhouse will be in the show notes with all the other links so that is it from us this week and that's it for this week we look forward to seeing you next week from me is goodbye goodbye everyone later bye bye everyone. thanks for listening to another clip from the blind android users channel don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you're notified of every new material that we upload thanks again for listening to the blind android users channel